0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi everyone and welcome to State of State. This podcast is presented by Bet Online, your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting, plus your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Get into the action today. Head to BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device to join and be sure to use our promo code Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. State of State is presented by Bet Online, where the game starts. Also, State of State is a proud supporter of Blue White Outfitters. Blue White Outfitters was created as a retail shop meant to highlight the confidence, competitiveness, and fearlessness of the elite athletes found throughout the history of Penn State University. All sales from Blue White Outfitters directly benefit Penn State student-athletes. Visit www.bluewhiteoutfitters.com today. Today we're talking all things running backs for Penn State football heading into 2023. Everybody knows who Nick Singleton and Katron Allen are, but how is this backfield going to look as a whole going into 2023 after such a successful 2022 campaign? Justin, there's so many expectations put on these two, especially. We have to start with Singleton and Allen. Obviously, everybody's expecting them to pick up where they left off last season. Uh, For Nick Singleton, over 1,000 yards rushing, Big Ten Freshman of the Year, plus Katron Allen, over 800 yards rushing. These two were nearly the first freshmen to crack 1,000 yards rushing as a tandem In decades as a part of this program, they were the first freshman duo to get 700 yards rushing or more for both of them within the Big Ten. So obviously history was made last year. But this offense, while the expectations are that it's going to be different because of who is potentially going to be the starter, Drew Aller, under center, I still feel like you're going to see a very similar offensive style at least in September and into October What's your overall anticipation for workload for Singleton and Allen in 2023?
1: I think it's uh it's going to be extremely important to keep those guys. I mean, fresh, right? And 100 injury rate, but at least fresh throughout the whole. I mean, the longevity of the season. Talking about aiming for the playoffs, but I think that's a it brings to the point of Trey Potts transferring in, right? Talking about sharing a sharing the load from a vet running back in the style of the running style that Nick Singleton has and Kaytron, they're it's pretty powerful, right? It's pretty, it's a pretty physical running style, even though Nick Singleton has the ability and breakaway speed to make long runs. When he encounters contact, he delivers blows and we already know what K-Tron does within the uh, zero to five yards in the running game. So having a mature running back that can get in there and split those carries come out of the backfield. And I would like to see them coming out of the backfield a lot more catching passes and different things of that nature. And I'm, I mean, just knowing the running back coach, Jay Wan uh, Sider, and knowing that he'll get those guys ready and making those incremental jumps that you need to make as a running back. I think one of the main, uh, one of the most impressive things that came from Nick Singleton and KTron Allen last year was, uh, I've mentioned before, is like the maturity in their running style. Like they run with patience. There are not very many holes when you're watching the games, like, oh, he missed that, or you got to finish the run this way. Like they run right. with good uh, pad level, they can protect the ball. And all those different things So, like those baseline uh, instances with running backs typically aren't there. So for them to have that to now stack on some things and put them in the passing game, put them in at the same time and incorporate another transfer back like a trade pots that can help ease up the load and give another look to the defense will be uh, incredibly inspiring. I think especially through September and October.
0: Yeah, Katron Allen walked away with uh, 20 catches for 188 yards and a touchdown last year. Meanwhile, Nick Singleton, 11 for 85 and a touchdown. uh, Glancing at Trey Potts' statistics. Uh, on, the, on the ground, he was pretty productive. Now, he was the number two running back for Minnesota in 2021, uh, 112 carries, 552 yards, six touchdowns, uh, 101 carries in 2022, 474 yards and three touchdowns. Was a little banged up uh, in that last season. And then especially uh, overall receiving, he has a grand total of nine receptions. In three seasons at Minnesota, he's played four seasons at Minnesota. So he didn't even touch the ball in the passing game his freshman year. So I'm very curious to see which of these guys gets implemented. Maybe it seems like it's more Catron's thing to do. He's it's, it's it's hard to say. Justin, looking at him and Nick, who's the more nimble of the two, it seemed like uh, Nick had that ability to just be the home run hitter, but Catron, at least getting out in space, seemed to do a little bit better, but. They, they both just seem so unbelievably gifted. And I come back to the perception of a lot of fans that it's the question of like, well, who's the starting running back? And I, I think you'll probably hear James Franklin say it over and over again is that we don't really have a starting running back. We have two fabulous number one running backs because that could probably start anywhere in the country. But in terms of if there's somebody that you could pick, say you were calling the shots, which of these three running backs, potentially any of the running backs, would you point towards Is like, oh, I want this to be the pass catcher out of the backfield.
1: Man, it's funny you say that because I'll, I'll draw back a little flashback when I was uh, on the recruiting staff and Saquon Barkley and Miles Sanders were the two backs in the backfield. And just the different opportunities that I feel like even could have been exercised more, whether it's them both being in the backfield, both splitting out, empty type of formations, but from a passing game. But even when we think about just the running styles, like, again, using Miles and Saquon as a comparative m- measure, we all knew saquon as a home run hitter different things of that nature you look at the efficiencies of running backs sometimes if you looked at miles and how he ran from zero to ten yards zero to five yards there's like different levels that you would look but he also had the ability to split out pass catching i mean we know saquon can do all those things so i'm saying that to say like there's different skill sets that overlap and i guess are compatible to an Mm -hmm. extent like from offensive attack and so i feel like and me personally, I would think getting Nick Singleton out into the flat, into the open space, when you think of one-touch guys, you want one-touch guys to be in space. He's more of a slashing-type running back, so a lot of times when he makes plays, he's making them splitting through holes, splitting seams. So like he doesn't scream out, it'll flank him out. You know He's fast, so he can get out of there and make plays, swing passes, and different things of that nature. I don't know what his whole route tree is looking like, but if I had to pick... A running back, I would say Nick Singleton out of backfield and K-Tron running the pill. And then at any times I mean you say out of the backfield. I mean there's a there's a, there's creative ways of getting the ball and your running back's hands behind the line of scrimmage in space so they can take over because as a nickel I mean those late drop down passes into the flat I wouldn't want to tackle Nick Singleton at six foot two twenty mm-hmm. <laughs> four running four You know what I mean? So those there's just different things. I wouldn't want to tackle K tron allen on a cut down block and it's a corner coming up and having to soda the edge so i think they both present um Headaches for defenders, especially from me playing corner. So I'm like, I wouldn't want to talk with neither one of them.
0: <laughs> yeah, we were talking about before we started recording here. L- London Montgomery and Cam Wallace are the two incoming freshmen uh, who have a lot of speed, apparently, but are have got to add to their frame. Uh, Montgomery's 5'10", 186. Wallace listed at 5'9", 184. They're the smallest of the bunch. Emil Davis, two oh seven. Tyler Holdsworth, 6'215. Uh, your cousin, Tank Smith, 5'7", 222. Oh, uh, There's a reason he's called Tank. Uh, Trey Potts, 5'9, 218. Katron Allen, 5'11, 221. Nick Singleton, 6'224. When you look at especially the young quarterback, and again, we're assuming Drew Aller's the starting quarterback, you know, I think we can all be serious about that. The, the old adage is that often the best friend of a young quarterback is uh, a receiver closest to the line, whether that be a tight end or a slot receiver, just because it's proximity. It's something that makes it an easy read. And then often your check downs, uh, how difficult is it for a young quarterback to develop that consistency or that security with running backs who maybe aren't that established in the passing game?
1: Man, it's funny you say that. I mean, especially when they throw to the running back, right, where it's like late flat passes or you know, checking over the center and different things of that nature. So when you just go through the whole summer, a lot of times when you're doing 7-on-7, that is, you have things covered up. It's like typically a check down. I'm, I'm sure that the running backs are there, but that's how that relationship and camaraderie kind of builds up. Like, okay, all's out. Where's my running back? And like dropping it off to him, especially when you know that running back in space is a threat. Like again, I'll use Saquon as an example. There's plenty of games we could pull up highlights where it's like, oh my God, I used to joke once I like, the ball save me saquon because it's like everything's covered <laughs> it's like saquon's out here just as a safety valve not really you know not really a real person or attack of the play and
0: not a real design really, necessarily no, not, but not a design at
1: all i mean he's yeah. actually like a safety valve like he's really just la- like literally the fifth option and it's like oh here we go and but you have that in space it creates a whole different dynamic i mean he scored big touchdowns like i mean long touchdowns from that standpoint like 70 yard touchdowns and when you have dynamic players like that, I think that's where Nick Singleton can get in, and that's where the confidence comes in from our quarterback because I drop off of a pass that's negative two yards and a guy that goes 80. That's kind of cool for my stats, especially if I know what he can do in the open field.
0: <laughs> Break glass in case of emergency, basically. Absolutely. Uh, we talked about the young quarterback. So, uh, as you know very well, having been a coach and, and speaking with the Penn State coaching staff on a regular basis, uh, most running backs don't see the field unless they can understand pass protection. And I would maybe assume, and you correct me if I'm wrong here, that pass protection for the running backs is going to be an even higher priority this year because Drew Aller, at least if he's expected to be the number one quarterback, is not as nimble as some of the quarterbacks that Penn State has had recently. I'd say not as nimble as Bo Perbula, and that's not a knock on Drew. It's just who he is as an athlete. He's able to be evasive in the pocket, but you knew that Sean Clifford had designed runs, and I know people can come at me and say, like, Sean wasn't that fast. He didn't get that much done. It's like, yeah, but they were still running with him consistently. Trace McSorley was a guy they were running with consistently, so it's not that you weren't asking your running backs to go into pass protection and do well in that respect, but you knew in the back of your head it's like, hey, you know, Trace could take off and take care of himself. This is a little different this year. Um, of the running backs, who do you feel most comfortable with in pass protection? Who do you think just needs to work on that part of their game?
1: I'll, just, I'll jump back to say, I mean, just the misconception of Sean Clifford. I think people don't realize Sean Clifford actually is fast. <laughs> you know, he's like a four or five guy, so he always posed the threat of running. I mean, that was one way, the one thing that I know, whether it was just the intake of quarterbacks at that time, was just that level of the threat to run right? Or threat to escape the pocket. Um, So to answer your question, who I think would be more suited to pass pro I'm gonna be honest with you. I haven't studied the film from that standpoint to see who picks up blocks. So to, to like really study someone picking up pass pro, I mean, you have to understand and see the whole line and seeing like where things are sliding, if they pick it up and different things of that nature. But the fact that they both played last year as freshmen, I don't remember too many situations where, like, oh, the 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 guy missed the block, and they're mm-hmm. physical backs. So we're not ta- We're not really speaking of smaller backs. Always, if you guys ever hear me thinking the talking the person, like, it's a big man's game. They're they're big guys, and like the fact that that's not a lacking thing, and they play with courage. You know, what I mean, and toughness. So in the one to so block is there for both of them. So that's why we I don't think we saw any glaring things come up from them in the pass protection last year. So I I, I honestly can't say. One is better than not just not seeing that scope of film to see if there are any missed blocks or anything like
0: that. Sure, and and let's not forget, last year, Kevon Lee was on the roster. He's since transferred. Is at uh, Mississippi State, and Kevon, while he didn't get uh, the reps last season that he might have gotten the year before, uh, was still utilized in certain down-and-distance packages. Uh, But for the most part, it was really Singleton and Allen pretty even 50-50. There were some games where – Allen would explode and you wouldn't see all that much of Nick Singleton. But there really weren't those games where people were crying, well, why didn't Singleton get more carries? It was like because Allen was going off and you're you're Mm kind of riding the hot hand. And James Franklin really believes in that. Uh, Do you expect that to be different at all this season?
1: No, because I think that's a uh, a philosophical approach, right? Like when you have two talented guys, there's – the level of management and getting their touches, managing the game, but yeah, you got to roll with the hot hand at the end of the day. And then I think there's different situations where skill set comes in the hand. I mean, they both can run between the tackles, but I think Cajun Allen, an exceptional zero to five runner. When I say zero to five runner for the listeners, line of scrimmage to the five yard line, making those cuts, doing those different things, being able to create within five yards, making a one yard play into a four yard play like that's extremely valuable miles sanders when he was up in he was probably one of the best ones that i've seen at that right but he had a different skill set than saquon because he was better than that part of the game than saquon but when it came to some other things it's like oh wow that's what we need to have the ball in our hands so knowing those different skill sets and traits that they have and put them in the best position i think is what we're going to continue to see and with those guys getting bigger stronger faster I mean, Theo Johnson. There's your safety valve. I mean, it, it looks pretty good in that interior aspect, especially with the offensive line they have coming back.
0: Yeah, the tight ends make you feel really good in that respect. Uh, looking at the rest of the running back core, you know, you mentioned Trey Potts transferring in from Minnesota. Uh, we know what he can do as a number two running back, but obviously, in this system, he's probably going to be relied on more as a number three. Uh, in terms of veterans, you know, we talked about Tank Smith. You know, all familial bias aside, he is a uh, you know the oldest guy within this group and trey Potts are both redshirt seniors do you expect tank to be the number four because personally when i saw him get in last season and especially in the blue white game he runs with purpose he puts his head down he gets north south and that's something penn state fans love
1: i absolutely agree and i think he does provide a lot of value when it comes to that there was a there was, a i feel like a lacking in toughness in the run game when i first got to penn state in 2017 just based on the offensive set offensive play style right we had joe mo um you know it was, everything was kind of pass first kind of a horizontal game and like it's kind of transition into more of what we've seen penn state from like that smash mouth you know understand the running running game tight end big play receiver how we see how that comes about tough defense so with that being said like i believe that that's what we're like leaning to and i think tank fits that mold and where they're going because when you get in there you see them in the uh Last was at the Rose Bowl and getting touches. I mean, he's, he's quick, he's shifty. And again, 238, that's a load to tackle. And we're talking about sometimes he's gotten spoiled in the past by like, okay, a running back has to be like uh, Saquon Barkley or right, big right. runs. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's not typically what the running back position is, as we see with the NFL salary caps and everybody that's a free agent, because the value of a running back is being able to get consistent six to eight yards and wear down the defense. And I think he presents that incredible value for those guys when they step off the field.
0: Well, I look at guys uh, in the National Football League, um, LA Chargers, uh, Austin Eckler, not the biggest guy on the field and uh, is going to command some money at some point. I know he's kind of in limbo at the moment, but still there's all shapes and sizes at this point in the National Football League. So why not a guy like Tank Smith? And I'm not saying what his NFL future is like, but being, why not being able to mix things up with your conventional size guys like katron and nick as we mentioned about six foot about 220 pounds that's spectacular that's phenomenal but to be able to drop in those smaller guys it just messes up the defense and you know what that's all about
1: no and i would say that like that's the thing i mean i I think of his build of like a marsh jones drew back in the day Mm. like even with saying like i wouldn't consider them small like if any person that's watching like they might look short but if you walked into them in a bar the last thing you say is that's a small man.
0: No, no. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. <laughs> you
1: run into, like more, he was like, Oh, he's short. I was like, no, nah, that's not really, He might be shorter, but like, so to say that, like he's in, he's a load like that. Mm-hmm. I'm someone that's tackled those type of running backs. I like to have some space to hit.
0: (laughs) Well, and what's the old adage? Low man wins. So, you know, imagine (laughs) you're just, you know, a normal sized linebacker, for instance, and you're six foot and up, and you've got to get that low center of gravity to try and get underneath him, and you take Tank's helmet literally right to the sternum. That ain't going to feel great.
1: (laughs) You got to do that again and again. And it's like typically, like I said, it's four minute situations that just kind of close out the game or wherever it is when you Mm -hmm. just need to wear them down. First downs are typically. Third and four, third and three. Like we need those yards. Who's can get over that line? So
0: are you a fan of rivalries? Are you a fan of smack talk? Do you like to stand out from the crowd at tailgates? If so, check out Smack Apparel and see what their team has geared up for football season. Their let-there-be-white tee is the perfect gear for all those famous whiteout games at Beaver Stadium. Or get straight to the point with the worst tee for all the Ohio State haters out there. Smack Apparel has the must-have tees for all your teams, including pro and college football, plus basketball, baseball, every fan is covered. Head over to SmackApparel.com and use the pro promo code STATE10, that's state T E one zero at checkout for 10% off. Again, that's SmackApparel.com, promo code STATE10 at checkout. Why we're boring when you can wear Smack. Are you looking for undeniably good hair and beard care? Then Maestro's Classic is perfect for you. Maestro's has beard washes, beard oils, beard butters, plus hair gels and pomades. It's one brand for every man. Visit maestrosclassic.com. That's M-A-E-S-T-R-O-S classic.com. And use our promo code STATE20. That's state 2 at checkout for 20% off your order. Maestros Classic crafting a better you. In regards to the running game as a whole, uh, it was something we talked about with Adam Brenneman when we had him on the podcast last week is that his expectation, I think the expectation of many is that Bo Perbulla, which we're all assuming at this point is probably going to be the backup quarterback, nothing wrong with that, is probably going to have a package that is reminiscent of Uh, former Penn State quarterback Will Levis, former Penn State quarterback Tommy Stevens. Smaller dimension. Let's not confuse those three guys and being the exact same thing. However, him being in more of a wildcat quarterback package. So now, you know, we've talked about who the potential top four tailbacks are. How much does the potential of Bo Perbula eat into the potential carries of Potts and even Tank Smith?
1: I think it's situational, right? I think once you understand where your attack plan in different areas of the field and when do you use those, I think you draw out those key moments where he can come in and make an impact as a substitute uh, cue or having that type of package where he can make things happen or present a different wrinkle for the defense because everything comes in a level of rhythm, seeing different looks. And so having those situations and more so situations and places on the field, I think that segues or separates a timeout where you can kind of get him his touches and also make sure that the running backs have their touches. But I would say, the running backs are uh, a priority when it comes to touches.
0: I'll say this. The running back should be a priority comes to touches because we don't know what drew Aller is going to be in 2023. Everybody has their hopes and aspirations. And every report that we hear from inside the team, media, et cetera, is that he's progressing very nicely and that at least he's trending in the right direction. And everybody assumes he's going to be the starter. However, I, I always take the, the realist and, and pessimistic approach to this is that God forbid he gets hurt. So you look at that and I'm like, well also God forbid Bo Perbula gets hurt. Let's not forget. We're not that long removed from when Taquan Roberson went in against Iowa a few years ago. And that was not great. And I feel for Taquan. He he's obviously transferred and uh, having success elsewhere. I believe at UConn at now. UConn. Yeah. UConn, yeah. And yeah, you know, we saw Christian Bayer being that, you know, viable backup there. And there was something they really focused on. That's something James Franklin really focused on. My sincere hope is that you attempt as much as you can to bubble wrap these two quarterbacks because you just don't know what you're going to get, Justin. We can all sit here and be excited about Drew Aller, but it's it's like Adam said last week, until you step on the field and prove it, nobody knows what we're getting. Right.
1: That's true. That's true. I mean, no one, that's true. Um, think about quarterbacks, right? Like, yeah, that's true. It's hard to it's hard to say. There's certain things when you talk about filling in the pixels from a, an evaluation standpoint that you feel comfortable going in. So, like if I'm looking at a roster and I'm like, okay, how good are we? I'll give a check, check plus, well, check plus, check question mark minus, right? Like the minus, eh, we gotta either I'm not. I gotta, gotta get rid of it and bump this guy or something. Da da da. Check mark to see right. how he performs. Check is like all right. Check these boxes across the board. Mm-hmm. It's funny going into the season, like. Drew in my mind is like can't be a check plus without playing but like I don't see anything that's besides not starting makes it a check a question sure. because I mean just the ability to move in the pocket a big arm you see like the work ethic that he kind of puts into it and just the, the things that we saw in the spring game for me there's like levels to what quarterbacks can do and like once you can hit a certain level in a and and how you do it it p- puts me at ease <laughs> Yeah, you know I mean, obviously he hasn't had that many snaps. And so like coming into the, into the season, he's want to make some mistakes, like period. Like that's that's going to happen. But I feel like his his base and fundamentals as a quarterback are very favorable to pushing the chips in
0: agreed. No, I agree with you. I and um, let me be clear. I am a believer in Drew Aller. I am cautiously yeah. optimistic about all the hype. He hasn't still.
1: played. It's a real thing.
0: Uh, bringing it back to the running backs, uh, obviously the national perspective, the fan perspective, is looking at both Nicholas Singleton and Katron Allen, and projecting what they could be in 2023. Do you see one or both of them vying for the Heisman?
1: I mean, Heisman comes with a lot of branding, so it's like it's. Fun. I mean, so I would think Nick Singleton has the edge on that, and especially when you think of. Heisman moment, Heisman moments, typically big plays. And I feel like Nick Singleton just spits them out. He's a one-touch guy at 224, uh, Penn State running back. When it comes to the Heisman-type situations, I think he's more geared towards that. But that's no knock on anything from K-Tron, but it's just more of a branding general uh, admissions type of viewpoint.
0: <laughs> no, it's you. You need that signature game. You need the national media. You need all that hype around you. And as much as internally, the Penn State football program is saying, hey, we don't have a one and a two. We have two ones, basically. I, I believe that. But I think the national perspective is that it's Nick Singleton and Katron Allen. and. Isn't-
1: I came up to spring ball last year and I was like, when I think Nick Singleton was just getting in, I was talking to Jay. I was like, Jay what's up with Nick Singleton? Da, da, da. He's like, listen, he's good. We know he's good. Mm-hmm. No one's talking about Kate Trott Island. I was like, Oh, let me, let me check this out. And so like, I remember when like Nick Singleton getting on campus and like, as a running back, just knowing like a running back coach, like, okay, this guy is really good, different type of good, but like, he's really good. That's where I remember it's like, okay, let me check this guy out and just how he runs. And, you know, obviously, J-1's a great running back, coach, and evaluator, being able to pull guys from all over. And it shows. I mean, the same thing it used to come about at at Penn State uh, with Miles Sanders. Like, I don't think people really understood how good he was. It was just like we had Saquon. Of course. (laughs) Like, I used to argue back then, like, hey, man, this dude's pretty – like, this dude's really special. Like, we can use him different ways, da-da-da-da. And we see what happens when he gets to the NFL. I think those are the type of things that we have, especially special brewing at Penn state in the running back room.
0: Isn't it funny how the recruiting process molds that perspective so much because Nicholas Singleton, number one running back in the country Gatorade player of the year, all the accolades, all the bright, shiny objects around him, all the star ratings, etc. And it's not that Catron Allen had a bad evaluation. It was just slightly less. But that narrative written for a high school player that may or may not have completely developed or anything like that. Obviously, Singleton's become very, very good at Penn State. It's, it's just fascinating how that narrative gets set when you're a teenager and it just seems to follow you.
1: What was the narrative that said based on reality, right? When you think of the different aspects of branding or why the casual fan might watch a game, the big play. So if I'm just a casual fan and not just a diehard person, like number ten running up and down the field all the time, or the number one player, like that's going to draw me in regardless of anything. Catron's skill set and movement ability and running backs is like a if you're a football purist. Like he's probably your favorite, your favorite running back's favorite running back. Like he runs that way and you can watch and see how he finishes blogs or finishes plays and different things of that nature. And just like, oh, but like from the casual fan standpoint, it definitely matters. Like the rankings and the style of play that we speak of. I always have a saying speed brings opportunities. And yes, it brings, brings opportunities in terms of a forty to get in the school. But what, what I learned when we at the WWE and XFL, you know, over that, that area. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like how to bring brands or how to get the casual fan engaged. And in football, it's big hits, big plays. <laughs> and so like the people that kind of do that with some level of flair and spizzazz can draw in fans. And like we talk about the Heisman, uh, the Heisman race or just the media exposure, like those things kind of gear towards Nick Singleton's game. So I would think there's like fundamentals that point to why people actually are more attracted to him. It's more so highlighting why k Ron Allen is actually special as well.
0: I remember uh, last season looking at the quarterback room and you had Sean Clifford, Drew Aller, uh, Bo Perbula, and Christian Veyer. And in in my gut, I was like, one of these guys is gone next year. And more than likely, it's Christian Veyer, just because you had true freshman and Aller. That would have been stunning if had left as the five-star. And then uh, Bo Prabula had just gotten there and seemed like he was the dude who was willing to work. And it's not that Veyer wasn't willing to work, just kind of odd man out based on the situation. And sure enough, Veyer transferred to Pitt. There have been people out there who've wondered, uh, depending on how 2023 goes, is it possible that one of these guys, Singleton or Allen, is not on the team in
1: 2024? Um, it's hard to say. I mean, in the NIL era, like some of the bags that are getting thrown around, you never yeah. know. But yeah. I'm not. Trans- gonna put, I'm not going to put that in the air. I, will, I don't think anybody's going to leave. I think no.
0: I I don't believe that either. But it is but sometimes
1: it's, it's it's free agency at this point, so that there's never
0: it is. And and I believe Allen and Singleton can start for just about any team in the country. It is just that second fiddle narrative that comes up that hopefully, and I don't believe, is getting to a kid like Katron Allen. It seems like what he's got at Penn State is very, very good. It seems like they care about him and he's being positioned in a very good way. And it's not like he's being forgotten within this offense. Now, if 2023 comes and goes and he is forgotten, then yeah, I'd sit there and reasonably say, hey, man, you know, maybe you should think about someplace else. But I, I sincerely hope that's not the case. I hope this is a tandem for the next. Two years at least.
1: Major critical factor for coaches is talent management, right? Like making sure that your talent is managed properly so that they're performing the way they're supposed to perform. And so I think with the coaching staff up there, I think I mean, even from the anecdote that I said about J1, they're looking at it from that standpoint. Like, all right, mm-hmm. we got a guy, let's get him carries, let's do this. And we gotta we got two special guys. I mean, that's like playing luxury. So it's like sometimes people don't know how to play with luxury, but I think Penn State does.
0: Um, Final thoughts here looking ahead at the 2023 schedule. Uh, You got West Virginia, Delaware, at Illinois, uh, home against Iowa, at Northwestern, uh, home against UMass, at Ohio State, versus Indiana, at Maryland, versus Michigan, versus Rutgers on senior day and at Michigan State. Is there one or multiple teams on that schedule that at least in terms of Penn State being able to run the ball effectively – you have concerns because that did come up a couple of times last year.
1: I mean, it's hard to say. That. I, I don't know. Say Wisconsin.
0: No, Wisconsin, who'd, not on the schedule this year. Who'd you, who'd you say? Uh, starting from the top. Uh, Home versus West Virginia and Delaware, then at Illinois. That's one that does come to mind, how they played last year, but they did send a lot of guys to the NFL. Uh, Home against Iowa at Northwestern, which is always just leather helmet, dogfight football. Uh, Home versus UMass at Ohio State. Home against Indiana at Maryland. Home versus Michigan. Home versus Rutgers at Michigan State.
1: I think Iowa, right? Like Any of the traditional Big Ten teams that play solid up-front football. I mean, you look at Michigan and the different like linemen that they've recruited over the years, defense alignment, right? Like they built their whole program off of bully ball, big offensive linemen, smash mouth defense. So like I think there's some things there with Michigan just historically. But Michigan and Iowa, I would think if anything were to come up. But with that, I mean, speed is the ultimate nullifier. So we're not. We're not just dealing with toughness when we talk about getting in space and like having the ability to throw the ball, splitting guys out. Like, let's spread the defense out a little bit. We don't have to do that. That's where the tight ends come in, stretch out the linebackers. Make, let's create some space, right? Like, I think Penn State has the ability to do that with the arm of Drew Aller, two quarterbacks, tight ends. And we got the receivers coming along and leaving some room for them to make some splash plays.
0: I'll tell you what, in years past, there would be multiple games on the schedule that you would look at and say eh. – I don't know how we're going to do running the ball against this team. So the fact that you can look at that and say, hey, maybe one or two teams, Michigan justifiably, and Iowa brings a tough defense consistently. It's like I think that's that's fair. That's very astute looking at this entire thing. And honestly, that's a positive. There's a lot of teams that say maybe half the schedule. you are like, not going to be able to run the ball these against these guys, not going to be able to run the ball against these guys. Ohio State last year, their pass rush absolutely just threw the entire offense into disarray. So that was uh, something, and, and I think that's going to be a challenge this coming season and I think you know better than anybody, and this is the thing that keeps me up at night as a Penn State fan. For some reason, playing Northwestern is a pain in the ass every single year, (laughs) and you were talking about it last week, the game with M. Rob, where he brought you guys from behind, (laughs) and I don't know what it is. They don't even have the best recruits on a regular basis, but Fitzgerald gets the most out of them, and they just drag you down. Playing there is tough. Playing
1: yep. there is tough because you'll come out. I mean, you come in, you know, come to a game at Penn State at noon. As soon as you come out in warm-ups, I mean, the fans are there. Best fans in America. You guys know that. So, like, when you come out, there's energy that you're feeding off. You're getting ready for the game. Man, go to Northwestern. You might come out. You're like, is the game canceled? Like, there, might be, like, <laughs> there might be like six people in the stands. Oh, you're on the so, wrong day. Yeah. Seriously. So like the like the level of energy when you travel into like an environment where you're used to playing at Penn State that's always what frightens me with teams when it's like going to a low mo place. And if you go to like uh, say Iowa away, even Purdue away, like I like that because like our guys are you know wired to get amped up from the beginning. It's the places that are real low mo like. Maryland like they probably have anybody out there (laughs) the game starts
0: I mean it's mostly Penn State fans when it's a Maryland (laughs) game and I love that I just love that yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh man well listen I think we're both extremely optimistic about what this uh running back room is going to look like in 2023 very curious to hear what you guys think uh get in the comments section on YouTube uh get us on Twitter let us know what you think the Penn State running backs are going to do in 2023 will Singleton and Allen duplicate what they did last year we're going to find out. Thank you all so much for joining us. This episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter at the King one and at Tom Hannafin. State of State is presented by BetOnline. Thank you for listening to Believe.